Hi, everyone. This is Anthony Diaz with the Pop Health Show. The show is for anyone that has a strong passion for making other people healthier in this world, whether it's large groups, whether it's fitness classes, whether it's providers, payers, members, patients, so many professionals out there with people with passion, leaders that have populations that they need to take at one point in their health and take them to a next level. How do you do that? We go, we uncover tips, secrets, and stories, most importantly, of the leaders that are, are taking the brave steps to do so. But what's really exciting is we have a really intersection of, of two worlds that, I, that I'm excited for, Ink and Lysha, uh, to go a little bit deeper on. Inkin is our guest on the show today, really enthused to have her on. Inkin has a really good, uh, interesting background in consulting engagement with McKinsey and uh, fitness consulting as well. So helping fitness and studios brand. She's a personal trainer as well. Really interesting intersection, but I won't steal her thunder. Inkin, welcome to the show. Hi, Anthony. (laughs) Wow, that's quite an intro. I feel very humbled. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. No, well, well, great to have you on the show. It's really fascinating. Um, There was a part of my career, I worked for Nielsen and and got into engagement. And, and, you know, so there's a science, there's a methodology to this. And and so it's pretty interesting that, that not enough, you know, fitness studios, health organizations take a deliberate approach to branding and engagement. But anyway, I, I think what's really cool is maybe you can tell us a little bit about your story, how you got to where you're at today. Tell us about you. Tell us about okay. your origin story. Well, so that should be such an easy question, but I think for me, it's always hard to answer it. I'll try to keep it short. Um, so I grew up all over Europe and pretty much growing up all my life, I played tennis and I thought I would be playing going forward. And that was, that was kind of the life plan, you know. Uh, and then, however, some injuries kicked in. And a couple years later, it was obvious I had to stop playing. And I actually had to go to college and, you know, have a normal job and stuff like that. While getting my banking and finance degree from the London School of Economics, I got involved in the fitness world first just as a hobby because I wanted to stay active and to be healthy. I was always looking for what's new and what's hot. And back in the day, Zumba was really big. So I became an instructor. For those of you who have not heard about it before, Zumba is more like a dance-inspired workout with some full-body, free-weight exercises. A couple years later, when I was already after college, I was doing management consulting at McKinsey. And I was in Sydney, Australia. I started teaching spin classes as it was the new wave of boutique premium fitness, which was growing incredibly quickly in that part of the world at the time. And while I was somehow, I do not know how, but able to juggle professional, pretty intense career with a lot of travel and long hours and my fitness life, I just saw that many people around me could not, and for very valid and obvious reasons. Then I became curious about the connection between physical well-being and mental and emotional stability and their impact on productivity. I will not bore you with all the research, but to simplify it, people who work out regularly, especially if they do some cardio, often are more productive at work and make better managerial decisions. From there, I took my own fitness a couple levels up because I got so inspired. And uh, since I strongly believe that life is more about giving (laughs) than taking, I started teaching fitness 
and I became certified mm-hmm. personal trainer. And then I started doing some pro bono consulting in the fitness world. And it grew to become a bigger part of my life because I pretty much wanted to help the space grow in a very smart mm-hmm. way and to reach and impact more people and make them healthier and smarter about their lifestyle choices. Um, I think, Anna, this, this is exactly what you do with your time and your podcast, obviously, right? So that's why we're here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, thank you so much. And getting, yeah, that, that it really is interesting, uh, you know, about your background, you know, starting off in tennis and, you know, I, 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 I look at patterns. I look at different people. I love, I love the rock and the rock stories. Like, Hey, look, I'm at where I'm at today because, you know, I got hurt. I didn't make it to the NFL. And if I, that didn't happen, I wouldn't be where I'm at today. And I really appreciate where I'm at. So it's always interesting to hear the stories and the steps that have chiseled and allowed people to be where they're at today. Really fascinating that you have a, an interesting eye for trends and what's in health and fitness. Uh, when it comes to cycling or maybe some of, tell us a little bit deeper in terms of the current trends that you're passionate about. And, you know, one thing we don't go under on the show enough and talk about in deeper is we've talked a lot about mindfulness. We've talked about yoga. We talked about nutrition and then innovations with hospitals and how we care for people. But we really don't talk about the motivations and self-control and kind of interesting, intriguing okay. things for like adults to engage in to stay fit. And so maybe you can talk a little bit, though, about what you're passionate about in fitness. What are some interesting trends sure, that you're seeing totally. and, and yeah, that's why people are gravitating to, to some of these areas? So right now, it is a very unique market where both supply and demand are growing. And it's becoming more and more saturated and competitive. So you have to innovate mm-hmm. to be successful. Global health industry is $81 billion in revenues. And the number of gym memberships and visits grew by almost 25% mm-hmm. over the past 10 years in the U.S. only. And then obviously you see very similar trends globally. The good thing is that awareness is record high, mm-hmm. meaning people realize the importance of healthy living and it spans across fitness, food, cosmetics, sleep, and mindfulness, whatever you could imagine. And this is something you actually want to capitalize on. The problem consumers are facing is actually, you know, the traditional mm-hmm. developed market mm-hmm. problem, which is choice overload and abundance of options. And in this environment, how do you drive the interest to your specific fitness business? And how do you make it relevant and successful along with bringing positive impact to your community? So that's kind of what I work on most of my time these days. Mm-hmm. <laughs> interesting. Interesting. So, you know, definitely we don't want you to give all your, your secrets away in, in, consulting wise, like when it, when it comes to like, you know, helping a boutique firm, a fitness, you know, studio, uh, you know, a a cycling place. But, you know, maybe you can share a little bit on kind of like some differences that make the difference. Like say, say I want to start, you know, a new studio. Maybe it's like the combination of Zumba and a cycling (laughs) class or something. I don't even know if those two things go together. Let's just say like someone, someone wanted, (laughs) say someone wanted to start a new studio today. What are some things that are really sure. important to, to create that, 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 that um, blue ocean I know space most of our audiences are probably uh, not as deep into fitness yet. So let me give you first a quick kind of breakdown of what's out there, what your options are. And then once you kind of decide what you want to start, 
uh, I'll help to figure out what probably the best way to go about it is. So first of all, let's break it down real quick. In the fitness space, on the supply side mm -hmm. of things, the world has changed in the past 10 years. And I'm not even exaggerating here. You obviously still have those fitness empires like Equinox, mm -hmm. Alive 10 Fitness with premium big box gym offering. And of course you have lower end facilities. The rise of boutique fitness has been fascinating to watch. When I think about it, you know, I often compare it to a restaurant or nightclub business where you open something new, you market it really well, you have a great product, and you run it for a couple of years really effectively, and then you either shut it down or you have to completely rebrand unless you bring it to a different market, because that's how you stay interesting and relevant. In fitness, for example, as you might recall, we have seen waves of fitness modalities and workouts. Mm -hmm. Back in the day, it was SoulCycle that made spinning so popular, and then Flywheel and Cycle Bar became fast followers. Right after that, it was high-intensity interval training, which is a mix of a treadmill and other cardio with some mm -hmm. free weights, TRX, or bodyweight exercises. And obviously, Barry's Bootcamp has been killing it for the past 20 years, both in the U.S. and internationally. Mm -hmm. And if you want to talk about big-scale, massive business model, Orange Theory right now has more than a thousand locations because they franchise all over the world. And other content like Shred 415, Basecamp Fitness, F45 are on the rise right now. And the most mm -hmm. recent trend is actually boxing, and I'm a huge fan of it. So Rumble Boxing made it, you know, hip mm -hmm. and cool. So you go and you get super inspired and you have a great workout. Mm -hmm. The lights are dark, the music is loud. And there are some other concepts like Mayweather Boxing and Fitness, which is starting to franchise, and they're bringing boxing plus mm. high intensity to all over the country. And if you, the question you asked earlier about what's next and how to be successful, I think, and I'm just guessing from what I'm observing, so take it with a grain of salt, I think the new thing will be something like a 60-minute class which is split into two or three short sessions where you actually combine spinning and boxing or yoga and treadmill, maybe free weights and TRX, because uh, you get to tailor it to whatever your audience is most responsive to. It mm -hmm. also happens because in this world, you are competing for someone's time, which is the most valuable asset that we mm -hmm. have. Just to give you an example, right? If right now I have a great spin studio mm -hmm. and you come and open your Pilates studio right across the street, you probably are not even my direct competitor because people self-select and they choose the experience. That's why you will notice cross promotions and collaborations between fitness studios to allow members to, to visit mm -hmm. both locations and to drive more people through the door. Does it make sense? <laughs> it does. It does. Yeah, no, if I'm hearing correct, too. And yeah, it's it's funny. Just like 45 minutes ago, I glanced at Facebook. I probably shouldn't have, but um, I saw Rumble Boxing ad. And I haven't been seeing those lately, but but somehow Rumble Boxing is breaking its its way. And it seems like, you know, you, you would have thought a year ago if the business plan for Rumble Boxing came across an investor's thing and that investor would say, oh, there's no room in the market for this. But somehow they've created space. 
they tweak some things on the environment and really now like their breakout. Um, and so if I'm hearing correct, this fusion element of prop potentially, you know, fusing interesting elements and combining things um, could, could, could allow, you know, some interesting, you know, new models. Um, and can, um, let me ask you, so you're at, like McKinsey, if you can imagine there's, there's a set, like I can relate, like, you know, it's hard for me to go to a <laughs> studio or class or for like an hour long. Um, one, I don't want to, I don't want to feel like I can't keep up with like the spinning class too. Right. But, but there's a part of it too. It's just like, I I'm so busy. Like I, if I spend more than 45 minutes in the gym, I feel like I'm, I'm, you know, not keeping in front of the business and, and, you know, getting in touch, you know, keeping on top of my inbox, etc. What would you have for recommendations for like, you know, fitness studio owners that are trying yeah. to cater to that quote unquote busy professional, that busy entrepreneur, that busy business owner that, you know, doesn't want to take a full hour long class. And years ago, is there a segment there? Is there a segment that's being missed right out on there or any opportunities for engagement so that, for example, you know, demographic You layer? have bootcamp classes, which are 30, 35 minutes long, or you can have another mm -hmm. concept, nine round kickboxing is doing it where you can pretty much show up at any time of the day and you mm -hmm. can start at one of the stations pretty much the class time starts every five minutes because it's your personalized by, but still guided workout which is you know typical studio we have class times and you kind of feel that you have to be there at the right time mm -hmm. and if it interferes with your life it's not easy to integrate it but if you start every five or ten minutes you go you get your workout you have one round if you have 20 minutes you can do two rounds if you have 40 minutes mm -hmm. so things like that are becoming really popular and there is also the whole new world of at-home fitness obviously many people heard of peloton they're huge pretty much cycling at home you have good content mm. classes live and on demand and they can be 15 20 40 minutes long doesn't matter mm -hmm. you choose and also there is treadmills at home which some of the players are developing there is tonal and mirror kind of classes on demand at home with some pieces of equipment and smart technology integrated to them and another one is fight camp boxing classes at home you just get you know bag it's not it doesn't take that mm -hmm. much space at your house but it's still impactful and it's a lot of fun and it's been growing crazy quickly interesting so super interesting you know one one uh dimension of like cycling that's pretty fascinating that i don't even know if anyone has the answer obviously probably mckinsey you guys do probably but the element of like you know, how much is uh, a studio owner for a certain soul cycle in a certain area? How much is like the Peloton phenomenon eroding into that, if any, or is it enhancing the experience? Um, I guess that's kind of a thought I have, but I, to chisel that more into a question, what are some of the, what are some of the, the elements of engagement that a studio owner is doing to make sure that they're keeping retention high and that they're yeah. not losing their people to you know, these other modern methods of working out? Or do you see any opportunities or any good habits of, of studio owners on social media or using innovative approaches right. to engage their yeah, people so, so that they're like growing their audience and they're not letting the market is so um, fragmented. these experiences escape to there. kind of like these and like at-home you know, digital Someone is like literally level zero and someone is as great as you can say, you know, the sky's the limit. Those guys are crushing it. So you see mm -hmm. a bunch of different approaches. And let's say when I started working with fitness studios three years ago, we would pretty much talk about basic and essential things. 
which would be you got to have your best instructors. You need to ensure the gym is in a good location with some available parking around it. You need to make the workout fun and engaging. The right lighting, good music. You have to add some premium products to your showers. You have to train your sales teams to actually follow through on the leads and stuff like that. And it was something that was very relevant mm-hmm. three to five years ago. Then it was more about telling a story and building a compelling marketing campaign across channels with the content that resonates with your audience. Mm-hmm. And you know, all of it is not necessarily unique to fitness. It is relevant to most retail direct-to-consumer businesses. But now we are at a mm-hmm. point where many people figured out the basics. And there's tons of good different fitness products and offerings out there. And from what I know, one of my key areas of practice is customer experience and consumer journeys. This is actually the point of differentiating. Mm-hmm. You hear talk, people talk about it all the time, but the problem is that satisfaction, whether it is reviews, feedback, net promoter score, it is obviously correlated with retention and revenues, but it is not easy to quantify. And the trick here is to find where the moments of truth are. In other words, what really matters If you want to have everything perfect, oh, my friend, it will cost you a lot of money and then you will Mm -hmm. be not really profitable or you will have to raise your prices and then you're not competitive anymore. So I will share some thoughts on what makes fitness experience outstanding and unique. And I have three big themes I've been observing and I've been working with. Of course, assuming that you Mm -hmm. nailed down the basics, you have a good workout, good location, and now you just want to stand out and to be really successful. So those trends are, first is mindfulness and inspiration in regular traditional fitness. Second is numbers-driven analytical approach to the workout itself and Mm -hmm. to its impact on the body. And last but not least is building a sense of belonging Mm -hmm. and community around it. Yeah, so let's break it down real quick. Uh, On the topic of mindfulness, Mm -hmm. so mindfulness and meditation have become popular through big yogurt retreats, then easy-to-access apps like Headspace Mm. and meditation studios. Mm. Slowly, it was integrated into Mm -hmm. regular and intense workouts. You know, you would have loud music, heavy weights, And it doesn't really seem obvious to get mindful in those classes, but it actually happens and people love it. The thinking behind it is integration and synchronization of mind and body is super important since health comes from within. The concept of being grounded and finding balance resonates with all people Mm -hmm. who work out. And the goal here is to ensure that your clients leave the room feeling empowered, accomplished, and proud of themselves. So people might forget what exact exercises you made them do and what the routine was in class, but they will remember how you made them feel, right? So for example, Cycle Bar is a great example of it. They create those moments where instructors connect with the writers. They share the experience through a personal story or some inspirational quote in a Mm -hmm. very authentic way. 
Rumble boxing does the same through those very loud, empowering, and motivational messages. It just brings joy and smile to your face. So I think that's the first one. That's really important. Yeah. And can just a, a follow up to that. Um, on the first note of mindful, the mind, mind body connection and resonating with class. I mean, I, yeah, I, I love going to certain classes when I do go where you are walking away and, and like, I remember like there's a Bikram yoga class that I would go to and it's just like amazing. You're sweating, you're done, ends off in a really great deep thought quote. You feel refreshed. Um, social media is really powerful, right? And so it's very, it's very common for people to um, eat a meal now and not post about it. Right. And so, so social media can be leveraged pretty powerfully. I can imagine if everyone took that feeling and essence at the end of the class. And if I'm a studio owner, I would want to create some sort of authentic, but systematic way for everyone in the class to kind of tweet Instagram out, Facebook out to their friends, the encapsulation of that experience. Yeah. So it can, it can <laughs> augment point. and grow. Do you feel, are you seeing more systematic approaches for the good studio owners of harvesting that? And how do you, and if so, how do you harvest that totally. without losing Actually, authenticity or being too, Those are the guys you know, who are probably best at it these um, days. You know, uh, I, can, I can imagine there's a balance, right? I can imagine there's a balance, but there's got to be some great studio owners or maybe the systems in which they're in like various boot camp or rumble boxing that are doing it better, you know, consistent at Barry's and then became Barry's instructors. So you have this story, right? Mm -hmm. The CEO, Joey Gonzalez, just used to come and work out at Barry's and then worked at the front desk reception, became a trainer, and now he's the CEO of the company. So obviously this story is when mm -hmm. nothing can stop you and you can be whatever you want to be, is super powerful. And then when they engage the audience, it's literally, it's like creating some kind of a culture around it. and. They sell so much branded gear because this is a big part of their offering and people want to show and demonstrate to the world that yes, I go to Barry's, mm -hmm. I'm part of this unique mm -hmm. and wonderful community. Then some good studios also bring it to the other part of it where they create this community feel through either bringing folks together, let's say we're going to do a hike after a workout or there's going to be happy hour for folks or some kind of healthy lunch together so they can mingle and talk to each other because it is actually it's like one of the biggest trends where you want to have this community feel and sense of belonging since if you go there and your friends go there or you meet people and they become your friends and they go there that's how you create this stickiness to your product um like i think 20 years ago there was one of the gyms that was really good at sales and what they did on top of giving you traditional mm -hmm. hey this is a free pass come try and see what you like they would give you this pass and say and by the way you can bring your friend or your family member together and when people come together they have mm -hmm. something to talk about they can reflect on this experience and that's how you actually get more of them through the door and that's how you get them to commit mm-hmm mm-hmm Incan, this, this, is, this is super powerful, and I appreciate it. And on that third point of community, and I, I had that follow-up question before you got into the deeper community element, and I think you're touching upon it. Mm -hmm. um, really interesting. Yeah, we're starting to see so many trends about you know keeping community at the core. Community is more important than commerce. The companies that drive the most commerce are the ones that have a community at the core and vice versa. Um, there's a lot of listeners on the show that are like executives for providers, executives at payers and health insurance companies. I, I think you and I would agree, right? Like 
members of insurance companies, employees, and patients, if they really had good fitness, um, you know, regimens, and you know, had had really good fitness regimens, it, you know, everything affects everything, right? So they'll start eating well. You start eating well, you want to work out more. Everything okay. affects everything, but. What advice would you have for like the hospital CEO that's trying to drive better community is thinking about a well-being center on campus, you know, how that competes with a Barry's boot camp and rumble boxing down the road, or maybe it doesn't, maybe it enhances. And to chisel my my random thoughts here into a question, so it's not 17 questions in one. Um, how, how, what advice yeah, sure. would you have I for that CEO no of a hospital or CEO right of a health insurance company to integrate better fitness for its people, whether it's in, you know, you creating physical locations or encouraging your members to go to great to experiences back, like Rumble or SoulCycle you know, or Barry's Right, uh, if you're probably somewhere in kind of, it's your headquarters and you're like in the urban location, so it's harder. Uh, all of those companies work with the um, with the organizations to pretty much bring their people either on some corporate programs or corporate mm-hmm. discounts. Then there is another trend where people want to go and try different workouts because pretty much you get bored doing the same thing all the time. Uh, companies like Gym Pass or Class Pass, which are fitness aggregation programs and platforms they allow you to combine all the workouts and they eagerly partner with organizations and big companies to bring their audiences through the door to the workouts and to build a healthier way of living and like a healthier mm-hmm. community so definitely all of those are the options and then another thing about the community feel is that very often we work out to feel good about ourselves feel good you know physically and mentally but there is another thing that makes you feel good is actually giving back to the community. And that's when things like Equinox used to do, and I think they still do it, Cycle for Survival, mm. where you buy tickets to this like cycling event, you work out, you get your sweat on, and then the proceeds and sales go to actually one good cause, either fighting against cancer or something else. Um, at Cycle Bar, a community is a big part of it, and we run pretty much free rides or rides where you can donate to specific causes all the time because it's a good way of engaging the community around you and of actually making a difference. Wow. No, this is, this is powerful. I appreciate that. And I think our listeners will, will definitely appreciate that. You know, I think, um, you know, leaders at payer and providers are striving to have updated mental models on how they should be thinking about fitness for their for their populations, right? And and it's it, it, you bring a really it, it's a blessing you bring that interesting mindset of you know consulting research and and the quantitative analysis of of engagement in the fitness industry, and then you, your your history is is uh, also in fitness as well, and you're between these two worlds. So okay, along the, the, those so thoughts, though, Incan, um, tell us a little bit about some other things you're, you're working on right now, or passionate about it. And that's part of a, that's you know work, the more that you work, work on these things, it's going to pave a way for an interesting future for. Um, I mean, not just yourself, but just, you know, the themes that you're working on. So I'd love to hear on anything else you'd like to share on what you're, you're currently and working on. I've been working in healthcare, which has been very empowering and very fulfilling uh, because it was mm-hmm. something that I've never done before on, at a professional level. And I was absolutely fascinated about how complex it might be and how much more we can do in this space. Mm-hmm. And on top of this, I do like a lot of fitness consulting, 
I teach classes. I actually taught two classes this morning, and I was actually really worried I would not have any voice left because even though with microphones, you know, you kind of you get all excited, you speak really loud, and I also sing in my classes sometimes.、Mm-hmm. So I was trying to limit that part of it, but yeah, it seems、mm-hmm. to be working out just fine. And kind of yeah, this is where I am right now, still like juggling both, and it's it's so hard to pick one when you actually love the things、mm-hmm. that you do. Um, yeah, I'm just trying to sleep more, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, that's about it. And obviously, I have time for my own workouts. I work out every day because if I don't, I'm going to be very sad, <laughs> and I'm not going to be having a good day. I know that. <laughs> right. So you try and work out every day. That's a, yeah. You know, that's a, another you know question on these interviews that, or I should say, on these shows that I've been going deeper on is like leaders for healthcare and fitness and well being. You know what are what are people's best practices that they experience a、yeah. lot? So it sounds like working out every day is important to you.、Um, and trying to get good sleep, I, I can echo that. I'm I'm always striving to get the best sleep that I possibly can, so I can wake up at four thirty in the morning yeah, every、sure. day and, and so, still be yeah, refreshed, right? right? But tell us a little、I、bit about some some things on from a personal well-being standpoint that you're investing in that that are, are really resonating with you. So working out every day,、um, but nutrition, well-being, mindfulness, yoga, you know, sleep habits, anything you'd like to share that you're really like enthused about and you feel like is is really working well for you. I get my teams to work out with me, either you know as a team event. Or would have something like a leaderboard,、mm-hmm. like how many times you went to the gym this week and stuff like that. Because even though we all are adults, but this gamification component it actually really works. Because people get excited and competitive.、Uh, then I started. I when I was in business school, my internship was at Sony Pictures, and they have this amazing, beautiful studio lot、mm. with people filming stuff all the time. So even though I was doing corporate development. My boss loved to take <laughs> meetings while walking, and for the first couple times, it was so uncomfortable to me.、Mm-hmm. I was like, I just need to sit down, take my notes.、Mm-hmm. But then, you know, I get used to it, and it's a different way of thinking. It's it's fantastic. So I'm t- sometimes I take meetings while walking, or especially conference calls. So that always helps to stay active, you know, and be more or less healthy. And obviously, yes, healthy eatings. I'm lucky because my、mm-hmm. parents are extremely healthy. When I was growing up, I like I've never tried chocolate、mm-hmm. or any sweets till I, I was like, <laughs> six years old because it was like not at home ever. And I think、uh, my、mm-hmm. mom is extremely healthy, and she was watching everybody eating all the healthy foods.、Mm-hmm. So right now, it's such a part of my lifestyle and such a big habit of mine that I can't even imagine it differently.、Yeah. So I probably cannot give you much advice on that one because I cannot take any credit for it. Hmm. Hmm. No. It, no. Interesting. It's always great to kind of hear the things that really inspire and、um, and you know individuals to work out. Yeah. And it, you can also obviously see how you know your personal、um, you know passions for personal health are transpiring into you know your, the work that you do. If I'm hearing right, you know, experiential is really important. Movement, gamification, daily integration, doing so in a social atmosphere. Um, all really important, and obviously those are, are those are definitely manifesting into kind of the fitness experiences we're we're seeing out there.、Um, Ink, and this is really fascinating, very intriguing, and so really fascinating. We're doing congratulations on everything you're doing. It's really really exciting, and、um, so so thank you so much. And then to our listeners out there,、uh, again, this is the Pop Health Show. This show is for anyone that has a passion for making other people healthier in this world. And Ink, and thank you so much for being on the show.